0: God bless you and welcome to Yesterday Ended, Healing the Traumas of Life. I'm your host, Dennis Dobbin. Thanks for joining me today. I recently changed the subtitle of the podcast from Healing the Traumas of Our Past to Healing the Traumas of Life because I realize even though the past may just be yesterday, there are traumas that are happening this very day and I don't want to exclude any challenge that we might be facing Life is challenging and can produce traumas. Jesus warned us that if we live in the world, we would suffer tribulation or mental pressure. He then went on to say, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. We are designed to be overcomers. We are designed to be conformed to the image of God's Son and be victorious. We are designed to be more than conquerors. We did not evolve. We came about by intelligent design, otherwise known as God the Father's loving intent and purpose. We are not to live as victims of trauma. And though you may be going through one right now, it is not God's intent for you to stay there. God does not bring evil upon his children. God desires all men to be saved and come into the knowledge of the truth. God's desire is for the wicked to turn from their evil ways and come unto Him. God wants you to walk in victory. So if you're having trouble walking in victory, give a listen. Any athlete will tell you that to dwell on losing in a competition last week does not help them become victorious this week. One can learn from their mistakes or failures, but we cannot live in them. How we view the issues of our lives will determine success or failure. We must learn to see ourselves as God sees us, as Jesus. We are identified with Jesus in his crucifixion, death, burial, quickening, being raised up and seated at the right hand of God. We must gain a perspective of looking down on the circumstances of our life instead of looking at them. Your circumstances will not drag you down when you recognize you have true victory. It's not our history that brings us victory. It's his story, the great riches of his glory, grace upon grace that brings us to his face, seated at his throne, his love forever shown. A focus on victory is not contradictory, though at times we fail, Christ's blood paid our bail. Not remembering our sin is the place to begin, to be set free, and with his truth now agree. Being dead to sin, our new life in Christ can begin. From victory we start, with no shame in our heart. Though we may fall, he will always hear our call. Let nothing steal your cheer. He is forever near. How we look at things is so very important. Where is our focus and what is our perspective? Consider this truth revealed in Second Corinthians 4, verse 18. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. What are you looking at? Are you looking at the challenges before you, which are temporal, the things you can see like bills you're having trouble paying, or a dented fender, or a toothache, or divorce, or addiction? It is true that you can't solve a problem unless you acknowledge there is a problem. But staring only at the problem does not allow time to receive the promise and provision that comes with every problem. Somewhere in your house or on your phone or tablet is a Bible. It's full of promises. Many of those promises are addressed directly to you as a child of God. And since God doesn't change, any promise addressed to those who believe in him are available to this day. God has promised not to leave or forsake his people. God has promised to be our provider. God has promised to be our peace. God has promised to be our healer. God has promised to be our shepherd. And I could go on and on for far more than the 15 minutes or so that I usually spend in this podcast speaking of the awesome promises of God. The first challenge placed before you is, how many promises do you know? Because if you don't know any of his promises, you can't call upon God to be faithful to fulfill it. We need to learn to look and see the eternal, the spiritual realm of life that comes to life as we read and believe God's word. Listen to this truth from Luke one hundred thirty seven from the Passion Translation. Not one promise from God is empty of power, for nothing is impossible with God. Other translations simply say, No word of God is without power. Or as the King James Version says, With God, nothing shall be impossible. When God says something, it happens. The context of this promise is when the archangel Gabriel went to Mary to tell her about God's blessing on her to be the mother of his only begotten son, who would be called Jesus. Her final response was, Be it unto me according to your word. God has called you more than a conqueror, so say, Be it unto me according to your word. I will never leave you nor forsake you, so say, Be it unto me according to your word. God promises to supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus, so say, Be it unto me according to your word. Here's a great promise for us to rely upon. It's found in Psalm 5, verse 3. My voice you shall hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning I will direct it to you and will look up. What is your expectation of God hearing your prayers? Do you believe he's paying attention to you? It says in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4, that he chose us before the foundation of the world. Kind of makes me think that if God thought of me all the way back there, that he'd still be thinking of me and paying attention to me today. The question is, do you have a mindset that tells you that you are worthy to receive from God? What is your core identity? Do you believe you are his beloved child in whom he is well pleased? Regardless of how good or bad you are, I many times repeat the parable of the prodigal son. The son asks for his inheritance early and then goes and wastes it on riotous living. And when he realizes later his error and stupidity, he goes and tries to apologize and become a servant. The father accepts his rather short, repentant statement, I've sinned against heaven and you and am no longer worthy to be called your son at which point the father interrupts him and reinstates him fully into the family as a son, not a servant. God is definitely not condoning riotous living for a season and then coming back to him. He is showing how forgiving he really is. If scripture can tell us to forgive seven times 70, he can do no less. The point I'm trying to make is, are you looking at yourself as a failure or as a most beloved child in whom God is well-pleased? We have to see ourselves as he does. He sees us victorious, seated at his right hand in Christ. Too often we grovel in the gravel. We allow the failures of our past to speak into our present. As I spoke about a few episodes ago, your old man is dead so you can rest in peace. Take a moment now and consider how you have identified yourself over the course of today and yesterday and last week. Do you see Jesus as your Lamb of God that takes away your sin? Do you see Jesus as your intercessor? It says he ever lives to make intercession for us. Do you see yourself as worthy to enter into the presence of God? Let's revisit the first stanza of my poem. It's not our history that brings us victory. It's his story, the great riches of his glory, grace upon grace that brings us to his face, seated at his throne, his love forever shown. Your past does not bring you into victory. The elements I spoke of in the next line are his story and his glory and his grace And the abundance of all of them that brings us before him, before his face. And the thing to realize is he's smiling at you. Every good father of an infant or young child longs to embrace his child and show his love to them. As the song says, our God is a good, good father. That's who he is. That's who he is. And I am loved by him. That's who I am. That's who I am. If you haven't heard the song Good, Good Father, you need to look it up on YouTube or some other channel and listen to it. Your perspective about God will definitely determine the quality of your life. Through Christ, your old nature was destroyed. The old man was crucified. At the beginning of Galatians 2.20, it says, I was crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. Realizing that Christ lives within gives you a perspective of victory and power. Realizing that he dwells within you empowers you to do all things, as it says in Philippians 4, verse 13. Having the perspective that you stand as an ambassador for God as Christ stood before the world will bring power into your life. I've had a perspective at times that when I walk into a store... It's Christ walking into that store. When Jesus Christ walked the face of the earth, he could see the need in people's lives. He could also see those who had faith to receive. Jesus said, He that believes on him, the works that he did they would do also, and greater works because he went to the Father. I'd be satisfied just to do what he did. I have yet to raise somebody from the dead. But I tried once didn't hurt the person who was dead. We need to walk out in faith knowing that we have true victory in every situation. And though I would have loved to have seen the person I prayed over to be raised from the dead, I do not condemn myself that it didn't happen. At least I tried. And again, it didn't hurt the person. Praying for others, no matter what happens, will never hurt them. God is waiting for us to show up and live the life he has called us to, which is one of true victory. There will be times, unfortunately, when we will stumble and skin our knees or bump our noses. I'd rather stumble forward than sit uncomfortably in a chair, worrying about why things aren't going right. We need to step out in faith and know that God has a hold of our hands i mentioned this once or twice before in other episodes, that I used to rock climb. I've been about 70 feet in the air hanging from a rope attached to a bolt pounded into the rock face. I had faith in the rope and in the bolt pounded into the rock. What is your faith in? Do you trust that God has a hold of you? He is your ever-tender, ever-loving, ever-watchful, ever-present Father. Listen to Second Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ and makes manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. Here's a promise for you to consider walking in this day. You can walk with him in true victory. It's his promise. That last promise I mentioned says that he always causes us to triumph in Christ. If we won't partner with him, this will never happen. He can fashion our lives so that we will make known the savour of his knowledge by us in every place. Take some time today and make sure your perspective aligns with his perspective. If we have confessed our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, and then he forgets them. Why don't you try forgetting your sins if that's what's keeping you awake at night? Try remembering his goodness. Try remembering the sacrifice of Christ, which is equivalent to observing Holy Communion, which is not a bad practice to do every week, if not a number of times a week. Try remembering Jesus' willingness to give himself for you. In remembering his history, his accomplishments, his shed blood and broken body, in this remembrance you will find true victory.